anniversary, everybody, and welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And today we are talking about episodes 33 through 35 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. And yes, yes, this is the first episode of our third year. <laughs> Crazy. Just just a few days ago, back on March 1st, was the anniversary of uh, our yeah. very first episode going up. Fancy lads being extra. <laughs> I mean, as we're recording this, at least, part nine of JoJo has just begun. Mm-hmm. Lots of, lots of JoJo happening. Lots, lots of happenings. Lots of occurrences. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're getting real close here to wrapping up Stone Ocean, too. Which has its own occurrences, oh, to be yeah. sure. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot. A lot of occurrences, for sure. Things are sure. happening. <laughs> yeah. In episode 33, Gravity of the New Moon. So we start off with a brief recap of... You know, what happened at the very end of the previous episode, you know, with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Weather Report dying, getting yes. his his stand on a disc. And and Jolene just saying, I want to speak with you just once more. Mm-hmm. Oh, heartbreaking. So mm-hmm. sad. That recap blends into the beginning of the episode here where mm-hmm. everyone's in a car driving towards Cape Canaveral. And who is driving? Oh, my God. Emporio is driving. Uh, he's... <laughs> Later on, you're going to see that he's got, like, a little brick or something tied to the accelerator because his little <laughs> leggies can't reach unless he's got that brick there. Also, also, we are informed that it is March 21st, 2012 at 1035 a.m., mm-hmm. which means which means uh, those guards betting on baseball back in uh, uh, the maximum security, like, disciplinary unit, mm. they were betting on spring training? Hmm. What? No, no, <laughs> fuck that. Nobody, be- no, useless, no. useless, meaningless. Yeah. Uh, but this also means we are two days after the, the death of comics legend Mobius and one day before the death of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. When, when they would uh, announce that it was no longer going to be uh, in, in publication. I feel like Anasui might mourn that. I don't know. It seems like he read that a lot. So he could dump yeah, these useless yeah. facts on everybody. But as they're all driving uh, towards Cape Canaveral, Jolene is just thinking over things to herself, you know, mm-hmm. mourning the loss of Weather Report. Whole, she's got his stand disc in her hand still. I like the big billboard they drive past that just says, look up, come face to face with space. Yes, yes. She's wondering, like, hey, if I pop this your stand disc in my head would i be able to use your stand correct you know would i actually be able to Mm -hmm. use powers and all this uh we learned that yes they were able to deliver jotaro's uh memory disc to the speedwagon foundation so he's gonna be uh uh waking back up soon but how soon and what what do we do like she trusts that jotaro will know what to do but she doesn't know what to do right now. Should, mm-hmm. should I wait for him? Should I just uh, uh, barrel on ahead? What should I do? Please, Dad, tell me. Oh. Oh. As, as she thinks to herself, as she rests her head on Anasui's chest, and he's like, huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, which leads into the OP. And then after that, everybody, or rather, Anasui is just, you know, <laughs> whispering out loud, like, Wow, she's really cute. I like it when she sleeps on my chest like this. You're talking out loud, dude. People can hear you. What yeah. are you doing? You've yeah. got like this whole mystique and you're ruining it. You're ruining the aura. Come on. Yeah. 
And so he starts digging around in his pockets. And by pockets, I mean inside one of the little shoe soles he has glued to his body. <laughs> that's which, what they're for. That's what they're for. <laughs> and he's like, okay, this is like maybe my only chance to do this. When I was in prison, I saved up a bunch of money so that I could buy a, a jewel-encrusted ring to give to whoever mm-hmm, steals mm-hmm. my heart. And so he pulls this ring out and slips it on Jolene's uh, uh, finger. I figure this is what he was doing instead of helping during Jailhouse Lock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just arranging delivery. Yep. And so he, he slips this ring on. He's just like, when she wakes up, all I all I want from her is to ask if, you know, she, she truly feels the same way I do. And <laughs> meanwhile... Uh, like at the same time he puts this ring on, Ermis goes like, "Whoa, look! All these fucking alligators are out here too. Fucking alligators! I hate them so much." <laughs> and then Jolie wakes up because she's shouting a whole bunch and goes, <laughs> "Whoa, look at that one! It's fucking big! Fuck you, alligator!" And she throws something at the alligators like, "Yeah, I got him!" And Ermis is psyched too. And yes, yeah, she she just threw whatever was in her hand, which was the ring. Mm-hmm. And we hate alligators. We hate federal wildlife protection. We just fuck them. Fuck them all. Yeah. And as they're having some some rowdy teenage fun, Anasui grabs Jolene by the wrist and just like, what the fuck did you throw? What did you throw? Jolene never has been happier in her life than hitting this alligator in the eyeball with her engagement ring. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <She's>, I- <laughs> that's the biggest smile I've ever seen. Yeah. And, like, Anasui has, like, big-time tears streaming down his face. And everybody just gets kind of uncomfortable, like, dude, what's your problem? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Chill out. Yeah. It's just alligators, God. So after after that whimsy, uh, Emporio asks Hermes, like, hey, uh, I want to look up a map of the area and stuff. So, like, here, can you hold this for a second? And Hermes is just like, okay, yeah, watch. He opens just, you know, one palm. Because it looks like Emporia's about to hand her something tiny, and his entire computer falls out of his palm into her hand, <laughs> and it just onto her. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this this one is very silly, and then it's not. Uh, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, Hermes is trying to balance a whole big chunky ass desktop computer to bring up MapQuest while they're driving. <laughs> cool, 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 and like Anasui. Why aren't you freaking out right now? You you are driving right past Port Canaveral, where the Disney Cruise Line disembarks. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's your dream. It wouldn't work because they would be escorted out of Disney World by security. I would just want to see an Anasui cosplayer in Disney World, like, freaking the fuck out. Uh, you, you go to, like, the, the big roadside uh, sign that's, like, <laughs> four miles from any actual park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, this shit is Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Emporio, while driving, yes. is, yeah, bringing up some digital maps and explaining their whole itinerary like the perfect road trip dad. He's getting everybody <laughs> on the same page. <laughs> Yep. And and like the importance of the visitor center and how it is where, you know, the public goes and everything. So naturally, that's going to be where uh, uh, that, that's going to be where Poochie is, too. That's where we're going to find him because he follows the rules. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, Emporio guesses that, you know, he's probably going to like check in to, to the visitor center, get past security and just chill out there. 
in that complex of buildings and museum exhibits for two days. Yeah. Just eating hot dogs and shit. <laughs> there, there's multiple exhibits that you must be able to, like, crawl into and, and sleep in, right? My, my new sequel to Evening Primrose is really weird, but very <laughs> uh, a STEM-focused at the same time. <laughs> so, yes, while Emporio's theorizing that Poochie is going to go in there like a normal man and then hide somewhere, we see... Father Pucci in line. With, doing exactly that. Yes, doing he's exactly in line for that. bag check. <laughs> yeah, he's the, but also he's feeling miserable. He's he's breathing oh, yes. heavily. He's he's sweating real bad. He feels like shit. He's got standing indigestion in a very bad way. Yeah. He's still pretty far back in line and they like start moving some people forward and they're going to like put the little velvet rope, the little like stanchion back in like okay, that's the last person we can let in for this group or whatever. And some random stranger who's being very nice is just like, oh, no, this is very chatty, friendly, the nerdiest looking man I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And he's just like he sees this guy's who he immediately identifies as like a, a priest. And he's just like, oh, no, no, no. This guy's my friend. Can you come in, too? It's like, OK, one more can come in. And and, and he, he he's, just he's doesn't excited. shut up he, for a while. <laughs> he's very excited. He's very excited. Just like, yeah, yeah, uh, I every day I try to do a good turn daily. I, he, he was a very good Cub Scout, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's like, wow, wow, you're a, a priest coming to the big science place? Wow, you don't expect that. Somehow blissfully unaware of the, the many, uh, how many of history's great astronomers were priests, mm -hmm. including in contemporary times, like uh, George Lemaitre. Uh, the first to theorize an expanding universe from uh, oh. an expansion of a singularity. Cool. Uh, long before we even had the, the term Big Bang Theory. That's cool. Or the sitcom, for that matter. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a priest did Hubble stuff before Hubble did. How about that? Yeah. Uh, and then this guy jokes, hey, maybe God's just an alien. Who knows? Ah, just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Pushy fucking hates this dude so much. He's so sick of his shit, he's but also so he, angry. <laughs> he's so tired and miserable feeling right now that he can't really do anything about it. So he's just being super pissed off. And you notice the, the signage around here. Uh, they, they are pretty wary of IP because instead of NASA... <laughs> Yeah. This place is run by a body just called Earth. Ah, yes, Earth. <laughs> <laughs> With a similar yet distinct logo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as you would expect in, in this sort of edutainment uh, tourist exhibit, uh, there is an educational video looping. And as you also might expect, the narrator <laughs> is the narrator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about the unpredictability of gravity. You know how unpredictable gravity oh, yeah. is. Sometimes it's 9.8, sometimes it's 14, you know? <laughs> there's, there's just no way to fit it into some sort of mathematical equation to predict <laughs> how it may, may play out. And he talks about how, uh, oh, well, the reason we do our launches here is because it's near the equator. And the, the centrifugal force of the Earth just already throwing you out there. And that's not, that's not it. That's not how it works. Yeah. It's about the speed boost for lateral speed already built in, but whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, other things this guy says, typically sea level is marked zero meters above sea level. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> what? <laughs> typically. And he also says that across the Earth's surface, 
uh, uh, gravity varies slightly from place to place. And in Florida, it's one of the lowest spots of gravity on the Earth. This is half true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I looked up a, a map published by the National Science Foundation for where uh, gravity on the surface of the Earth is, is greater or less than average. Florida, pretty much dead average, right in the center. All right. If you want to take advantage of that, you want to build an offshore launch platform south of India and Sri Lanka. Mm. Well, he tried. And this is when Pucci's face starts to look like the San Andreas Fault. He's so fucked up. Yeah, he is. He's in a bad, a bad, bad way. And it, like his eyes are all bloodshot. Uh, his eye gets real fucked up and starts mm-hmm. to warp and bend and like collapse into onto itself and his his pupil starts to split in two and this is when a guy nearby who has a uh, uh is holding a soda uh mm-hmm. his soda just starts floating out of his cup and just straight across like parallel to the ground and that's why you get a lid dude come on yeah why are you why do you have a big gulp cup without a lid what are you fucking monster uh but <laughs> and it starts streaking horizontally against a uh, uh, big old nerdo's face like there's a beat and then the nerdy man uh just goes flying straight across the floor and gets impaled on a railing <laughs> and he's dead and he's, no he's one a hears big bloody mess. no one in the line seems to hear the guy go ah and then me <laughs> impaling sounds but the man with the, the soda does go huh Where'd my Drake go? <laughs> Priorities, man. Priorities. Where's my soda? So now we've already hit the Met episode title card, and this time it is Diver Down, but in green. Oh. So back on the road, back on the road uh, uh, to uh, uh, Cape Canaveral, uh, Jolene's looking out the window, and she sees all the little furry critters of the forest running alongside. Mm-hmm. And Emporio just like calls to the back seat, like, hey, What's the game plan? Are are we going on the offensive? Are we waiting for backup? What what's the deal? And Anasui is the one who answers after Jolene hesitates mm-hmm. and says, "Hey, we don't know when Jotaro's going to get here. He might be too late. And anyway, Poochie's really fucked up. Weather took a huge chunk out of many of his body parts. <laughs> yeah. Now is the time to strike." Mm-hmm. <laughs> While this is happening, the the background is starting to scroll slower and slower until everyone notices like hey emporio put your foot on the gas we need to go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and emporio's like starting to floor it and the car is not moving much and it's it's just getting slower and slower at some point Ermis is worried about what it looks like to have this child drive yes why did you let him drive why did you i guess i guess it's been 10 hours they've been taking turns and mm-hmm. emporio got the home stretch right yes the 10 hour drive to cake Canaveral. <laughs> man florida is huge and then they start seeing other cars in the highway seemingly mm-hmm. going in reverse going back away from them and then there's a bird there's a bird that is falling uh, uh, away back from them and a tree yeah there's just like a big dust cloud coming towards them, and then a whole bunch of cars and just just loose people are just flying <laughs> towards them and past them. You mean falling bodies? You're you're not making moral judgments on these people. <laughs> loose. Uh, yeah, they're they're just flying backwards past them. Everyone's like, "Oh fuck, 
that car, there's uh, one of these cars is going to hit us. We got to get out of here before anything can happen. Yes, a a car smashes straight into them. Uh, Like Hermes starts to float a bit and the the Mm -hmm, back mm -hmm. window has been shattered. So she's about to fly straight out of the back of the car. Well, the reason she's so close is because when the big old fucking tour bus starts flying at them, Hermes dives over Jolene's body to protect her. Yes, yes. Uh, So, so yeah, the the ghost computer just falls out the rear window. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is when the way everything is framed and shot is making it look like the, uh, the road they are on is suddenly a vertical cliff. That their car yes, is yes. sliding down on. There's a 90 degree rotation of perspective from here on out. Yeah. Uh, as Emporio falls out of his chair, and so Aramis picks, hit, grabs him, and hucks him, just tosses him to Jolene. Yes. <laughs> while Anasui jumps out to grab them both, and of course do the diver down thing and and embed his stand into the pavement to hold the the three of them. Yeah. While Aramis throws herself. Uh, uh, to to join them in safety, but she is intercepted by a chimney striking her in the face. Yes, and she just falls down and down, and Jolene tries to rescue her with thread, but she's falling so quickly that her thread cannot catch her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, Jolene is unwinding herself so much that, like, her arm is all the way, like, up to the shoulder at this point, just thread. Her whole left flank is is disappeared into the thinnest, uh, longest like stretch of string that she's ever done in her life mm-hmm. to save Hermes. Oh, but she she cannot reach her, and honestly, was tell, telling her like, "Hey, you, Hermes is tough. She's <laughs> she's fine. We got to keep going." And she's got cash in her boobs. She'll be fine. She'll just get a cab. She'll come yep. meet us. Yeah. So, so Diver Down carries our, our merry trio that, that remains over to the, the guardrail on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And Jolene wonders, huh, is this the, the heaven Poochie was talking about? And Emporio says, no. <laughs> F- no. Mm-mm. No one would think this is heaven. And so, like, Diver Down has taken them all the way over to, like, the railing on the side of the road, which then everyone can grab onto and climb up. And, like, Jolene decides like okay even though this is super fucked up what's happening right now we still got to go forward and kill poochie like right fucking now we're so close she makes that decision after anasui again reiterates his point from the back seat about how like we've we've got to go on we have to to finish the fight this is what we came here to do there's no waiting around Mm mm-hmm uh, and and she replies, quote, of course, I've already made up my mind. <laughs> and yeah. that's why he loves her. Yeah, the, the, another shot of him looking right at her going like, wow, that was hot what she just did. Uh, <laughs> uh, quote, it's those eyes, that expression when you look into the distance. My heart is set ablaze. <laughs> yes. I, I really enjoy this little subplot of like... I mean, I, I say it every week, just how incredibly determined Jolene is. But to give mm-hmm. her a moment of of like time in between fights and to to peek inside her head that there that it is a commitment that she makes. You know, she yeah. is continually making an active decision, and she has moments of vulnerability, even if she doesn't show them outwardly. Mm. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, because I feel like there are plenty of other anime protagonists that are also like very determined. 
But the difference is I feel like a lot of the time it just feels like they're very stupid and they just throw themselves headlong into everything because they don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with Jolene, they 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 don't do that with her. It's great. So Emporio's riding piggyback. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's clinging on to onto Jolene like he's a baby possum or something. And Anasui is still thinking to himself about how, you know, he's going to be with Jolene for the, uh, as long as they both shall live. Uh, quote, I can protect you better than weather or your father ever could. I would never get fucked up by a rat. <laughs> I promise. Never. <laughs> it's not happening. No. So we cut over to... Uh, inside one of the buildings uh, at the Space Center, and mm-hmm. Poochie is just, like, clinging onto the floor, which is now which the wall. Which is now a wall, yes. Yeah. Uh, and he's talking, once again, about gravity. Yes, yes, about how gravity uh, pulls the Earth together out of a cloud of dust, but he doesn't know what comes next with this power. Ah. And there's... A- so, so outside, uh, uh, in, like... The sort of transition space between parking and actual spot, you know. Mm-hmm. There, there are uh, some some exterior like ticket booth buildings and some uh, restrooms on the outside for, I guess, before you wait in line. <laughs> yeah. And two ladies fell out of those restrooms and are clinging for dear life to a bike rack and screaming for help. Yeah. And Jolene's, like, zipping up to another little, like, one of the ticket booths or whatever that's parallel to them, and, or, like, adjacent to them. And she looks at them and goes, they're going to be fine. <laughs> we, got a, fine. We, got better, we got bigger things to do. Asses hanging out. They yes. fell out of the bathroom. Yeah, and Jolene's yep. like, it's cool, whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're, they're standing on top of the box offices, and they're, they're just, just, like, feet away from getting into the Space Center proper. And the camera rotates again, and a brand new stand walks on the ground normal style while everyone else is sideways words. Almost normal style. He's he's on his tippy toes. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> normal orientation. Yeah, sure. normal orientation, yeah. And this brand new stand, is that the green baby? No, it's the green adult. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, this stand just sneaks up behind Jolene and just like, before she can notice he's there he just smacks her she he he like smacks her hand he's scary strong he has this very powerful gravity power and his punch seems to make jolene's fingers so heavy they turn inside out uh her skinless finger meat emerges from the back of her hand yeah yeah it's it's it's... so gross yeah (laughs) she shouts something fucked up is happening to my hand (laughs) Oh, God. It's not like her hand is punched and then it's inside out. Like, you see her fingers collapse in on themselves and then come out the other way. And it's just like, oh. Having that happen to your hand and just saying something fucked up is happening to my hand. That's taking that really well. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) You're dealing with that shit really well. That's all you say. So, so once again, we we have a uh, we we have a happy little subtitle giving us the t- the exact time and date. It is still March twenty first. It is now eleven twenty three a.m. This entire episode took forty eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go on to the next episode, you want to talk about the stands? Look, it's not going to yeah. get named for a while, except yeah. for in the title of the next episode. Yes. So this is Sea Moon. Yeah, and like you said, 
like not green baby, but green adult because it's kind of got the gray, the the gray skin of pale snake, but is covered mm-hmm. in kind of like green armor of sorts. But beneath the armor, you can still see some of White Snake's like DNA code pattern going on. Yeah. But yeah, it's got like green, like kind of pauldrons and like crisscross straps going across its chest. And a big wide belt. Yeah. And all of this, all, all of his green armor uh, has arrows pointing in many different directions coming off of it because he's all about reorienting gravity. Ah, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Which way is up? Any way he says, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and his head is reminiscent of the green baby. It's got the very large, uh, like almost flowery leaf-like eyelashes, but with just mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. circular red eyes. It has no lips. It's just got a big toothy grimace that it cannot close. <laughs> it's It's got the chatter teeth. I love that. I yeah, love that yeah. for an evil stand. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I just really like this guy's face a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's good. The corners of its mouth kind of extend outwards towards its cheeks in, like, big, thick black lines give it kind of, like, a weird... Like, it, it extends out almost like a Joker's smile, but then connects to, like, zigzag black chunks on its cheeks. Uh, and it's got a little... It's got a little, like, golden ornamentation on its forehead that almost kind of looks like the Survivor stand a tiny bit. It has nothing to do <laughs> with that stand, but just kind mm-hmm, of similar. Mm-hmm. It's a series of rings above one eye, but then yeah. uh, reaches diagonally across the forehead to just barely cross center line on the other side. Yeah, it's it's cool. I like it a lot. Seamoon mm-hmm. uh, is named for a wings song that is fine, <laughs> uh, especially if you just skip fifteen seconds in to the real beginning and not the weird studio outtake that is the song's actual beginning, which sucks. Ah. It sucks. Mm. Don't just noodle around. Cut cut it. Start yeah. the song at the start. What's wrong with you? Come on. Paul? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically Seaboon. I guess also it's it's muscular, but it's like... It's got a, a very large, wide, like, chest, and then it's got mm-hmm. abs, but when you get down to its stomach, it's very, like, skinny and narrow. Yes. Like a very yes. triangular upper body. Uh, so, yeah, that brings us to episode 34, Sea Moon 1. We have a deep back uh, uh, recap. It starts with the the monster eggs from, <laughs> from episode 24. <laughs> yes. Little bits of every time Poochie reflects on the, the change happening within him. Uh, but more relevantly, losing Hermes in traffic, and then, of course, the appearance of, of Seamoon standing before Jolene. Yeah. Uh, and that, the recap goes straight into the OP. And now, back in uh, uh, the present, we get to watch Jolene's fingers turn inside out again. Great. Love uh-huh. it. Uh, w- wouldn't miss it for the world. They, and it's not like replaying the same footage. It's a new angle of the same horrible yes! thing happening. It's just like, ah. And then Anasui goes, Jolene, are you okay? <laughs> this fight at least this segment of the fight is one of my favorite things it's a stand trying to fight jolene cujo and she fights it herself with her own body yes yeah she does (laughs) this is like at least two-thirds of of the blows being thrown are her own like fists and feet while stone free is just used for like string trickery yeah yeah so there's a lot of um like a lot of blows being exchanged between Seamoon and Jolene, where Seamoon's mm-hmm. just trying to land another hit to like make 
turn her inside out, essentially. They're standing on top of one of these ticket booths, you know, just a cube sticking out of what is the ground slash wall now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Sea Moon can seemingly just walk on any surface, it feels like. It does a ton of dodges where it's not just, you know, moving to the side. It's just running around and doing backflips all around every single surface of this cube they're standing on, this this ticket booth. Yes, yes. So neither of them actually manages to hit each other, even when Seamoon is doing crazy uh, uh, flip tricks. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just looping around. Oh, it's good, it's good. Uh, although it does barely land grazing blows to both Emporio's shoe and Jolene's bangs. Yes, you get like a very close-up shot of a couple of her hairs turning inside out and then like exploding (laughs) off of her head. And yeah, uh, Emporio's shoe turns inside out and tears itself apart and falls south into the abyss. Yeah. And Jolene keeps just wiggling her meat finger. Oh, it's bad. I don't like it. It's bad. So they figure, they figure after the shoe falls, so to speak, uh, uh, that this thing has the ability to redirect gravity, which means it inverts the natural order of things. So therefore, anything it punches is likewise inverted. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So this is when Jolene picks up Emporio and just tosses him to Anasui for safety. Yep. (laughs) You're supposed to throw the baseball, not the baseball boy. What, what is this? <laughs> Everyone's just throwing the child. Yeah, she she pitches Emporio, and that's when the side of the ticket booth she's standing on begins to warp as it inverts, and Seamoon bursts out from within the ticket booth. And she dodges the punch combo, and she kicks it in the jaw. Yeah, she just kicks Seamoon in the jaw, but then her leg, as he's getting getting kicked in the jaw... Both fists just, like, punch both sides of her leg. But this is all a part of Jolene Cujo's plan because she has the biggest brain of anyone Oh, my ever. God. Galaxy brain. Because you start to see... <laughs> you start to see her leg twist and snap and start to crunch and compress as it's about to turn inside out. See, her plan is to get punched an even number of times in the same spot. <laughs> yeah, so anything that's inverted <laughs> inverts again back to its normal state. <laughs> and so her disgusting meat fingers, which she like deliberately got punched, reorient themselves and come back out. And now she's got a normal hand again, just with lots of <laughs> scarring and blood everywhere, which she's patching up with threads. <laughs> Oh, I am not learning topology just to talk about JoJo's. I will not interpret the journey of Jolene Cujo through the work of Leonard Euler. I refuse. <laughs> I will not do this. <laughs> so, so Jolene, yes, uh, like even in this in- incredible, incredible foresight uh, uh, that she has, does not protect herself from from all damage merely so so she sutures her minor wounds and squares up again yep (laughs) while anasui is just like hey small child climb the sheer cliff face of this like (laughs) tile paved welcoming courtyard yeah i'm not here for you i'm here to make sure my darling jolene has backup (laughs) fuck you child And so there's another big series of just blows being exchanged between Jolene mm-hmm. and Seamoon. Again, she, a lot of these blows being delivered by Jolene herself, and she's dodging all of these like 
mega fast stand punches on her Faster own. Faster than the speed of sound, she is dodging these punches. She's gotten really fucking good over the over time, but like she has, she dodges one punch and like falls off the side of the ticket booth, where it seems like she's just gonna fall to her death. But no, she grabs onto a railing and uses it to mm. swing and kick open a door and then swing like that that kick follows through so that she kicks through the window and the inside the inside to get Seamoon that way but Seamoon is just like uh punched the booth again to to continue twisting and breaking the beams of which it is constructed so uh all those pieces fall away except for one one remaining support beam that has twisted itself into a loop locking Jolene in place she's mm. restrained by a building yes <laughs> but this this is something that that gives Jolene information she needs uh uh this thing is fighting so precisely and reacting so quickly Poochie must be nearby watching and actively piloting it. This this is no like th- this is no automatic stand situation. Yeah. She also notices that Seamoon is no longer trying to punch her arms or legs or anything. It's just going for like vital points, just body blows. It wants to invert her chest or her head. So this is when Diver Drive pops up all of a sudden to try to sucker punch Seamoon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Simone just, like, looks at some of these pavement tiles that make up the wall to to change their gravity, so they fly what was up and is now left straight (laughs) into Diver Town's face. Yeah. And so Anasui is knocked down and starts falling sideways. Uh, Jolene rescues him. She fired, you know, still constrained by, around her legs by this twisted support beam. She launches a, a very long thread to first grab Anasui as he's falling, and then the thread continues and then wraps itself around Seamoon's neck, choking him yes, with yes. the weight of Anasui. Seamoon's so neck is the anchor, and Anasui is just choking him out. Neither of her friends think this is a good idea. Both Anasui and Emporio think this was very foolish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emporio warns, like, okay, if it grabs the string... It's going to turn the string inside out. It's going to break. Anasui's going to die. And Anasui says, just run. I was doing distraction stuff so you could fucking run and get Poochie. Just do that, please. Yeah. And and Jolene shouts down to him, for the record, I'm not trying to choke it. I'm trying to get closer so I could pummel it into the pavement. <laughs> yeah. You know, to the right over here. Yeah. So Emporio is right. It does begin to grab the rope at its neck, which does begin to to invert, splitting itself open. And the fray travels inch by inch down toward Anasui. Oh no, oh no. And this is when we get a Sea Moon title card. The mm-hmm. first time the name is actually used. Yeah. So meanwhile, a little bit down the highway that leads to the the, the Space Center, we've got like the National Guard out here or the Coast Guard. And Mm -hmm. they've got tanks and stuff because they hear something fucked up is happening at the Kennedy Space Center. (laughs) And there's one soldier just radioing in going like, hey, command, uh, we can't drive towards the Space Kennedy Center, the the Kennedy Space Center, because our tanks keep flipping over. (laughs) They just keep (laughs) turning upside down and crashing. 
And we get a look at the absolute carnage of what happens when God. all of everything that's fallen uh, uh, down this way gets like beyond the, the stand's range mm-hmm. and starts falling down again and skidding across the road, wrecked bodies, wrecked cars. It's nasty. Streaks of blood all over the pavement. Yeah. Ugh. This National Guardsman asks for a scholar to help. <laughs> yeah. we, we need the help of a, quote, scholar. <laughs> You're talking like RPG classes, dude. What do you mean a scholar? Yeah. So, so yeah, there are some Coast Guard helicopters going up, and once you know, one of them is the, is the narrator. Hell yeah! Voice. More and more characters become him over time. I love it. I think it's infectious. Yeah, and, he's a and virus. So, <laughs> so the Coast Guard is is flying to to get you know eyes in the sky on the situation. And once they cross the line, their their uh, instruments go all screwy. They can't tell up from down, uh, and they just crash, crash into the ground and explode. <laughs> yeah. And so we cut back to everything going on in the fight between Jolene and Seamoon. Jolene just barely pulls her ankle out of that loop of steel mm-hmm. uh, and rushes over to, to just knock this stand out once and for all. But at the same time, Seamoon uses its ability to continue to warp the surviving scraps of ticket booth it's it's on to lift itself up and out of the way of Jolene's strikes. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, the her thread is still inverting and getting closer and closer to Anasui. Seamoon is like inverting more uh, tiles on the ground. So they fly at Jolene. So she's having to take time, just punch those out of the way. And Empori is just shining like, Jolene, you got to cut your thread. It's going to get to you, and you're going to turn inside out. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And then Anasui goes, no, nope, fuck that. And he uses Diver's Drive to no-clip his stand through the thread <laughs> so that the inversion carries on through his stand and himself instead of the thread. He deflects it. Which means that Jolene is, of course, free to totally whip ass. Yes, yes. Yep. She she has the upper hand here. She is winding up uh, a f- great finishing blow right to the head, comes through, and then glances off. Mm-hmm. There is an invisible shield here that is never exactly explained. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's gravity. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's supposed to be gravity. It's supposed but... to be gravity. No one says the word gravity. Well, not in this context. They say it a lot of times. Yeah. Uh so so Pucci is is walking down the street wall toward her talking about fate in the gospel. Yes. Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior was fated to be crucified on the cross and, and all this shit. In order to for human beings to obtain uh happiness, they first have mm-hmm. to conquer uh their destiny. And what has he got to conquer? He's got to conquer this damned Joestar bloodline. All you meddling kids got to get out of me and Dio's way. Yeah. And so he he walked down here to personally intervene in the fight to save Seamoon because it's not ready yet. No fair, mom said. (laughs) Yeah. So Jolene goes to just punch Poochie in the head, but he also has the same like gravity field, which just deflects blows that get near him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is when Jolene just starts to float up off the ground. Because Poochie is the gravitational center. He determines which way is up. And for now, uh, uh, up is up for, for Jolene. And there she goes. Yep, just up into the sky. 
So Seamoon finally tears itself out of the, the frayed rope from its neck, gets a little bit of like corner man coaching from yes. Pucci, and then punches Jolene square in the ribs. Yeah, and you just start to see her, her chest start to cave in. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And She's fucking imploding as Pucci and Seamoon just like walk back into the visitor center. Yeah, geysers of blood. Just she starts vomiting up geysers of blood from her mouth, uh, and her arm. Her heart is turning inside out. Is as they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the the thread that was uh, wrapped around Anasui is like dissolving and and you know just eroding away. And this is when we see uh, Jolene. Uh, just kind of explode a little bit, and you can just see meat and guts that was her insides now just hanging out of her back, and like the the explosion of this inversion just sends her rocketing off into the distance. Her her two companions here are screaming her name as, as she just floats away into the abyss. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Pucci is you know talking as he does. All the time, constantly. Oh, yeah. Can't make this boy stop talking. Uh, this time about just like keeping his eye on the real prize and uh, honoring all of those who have made great sacrifices in order to bring him to the threshold of heaven. Yes. Weather Report, Jolene, everyone else who has died, they, yeah, they're just all sacrifices towards his, his uh, I think he says, righteous objective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is when... This is when there's a there's a little phone noise, little phone boot a bit a bit a bit because Emporio has gotten a text message from from Jotaro. Yes, and you know it's from Jotaro because when he opens his phone, the the little hand emblem from Jotaro's hat is, yes. is there. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the long. Oh my god, it's a letter. Yeah. Imagine, imagine Jotaro Kujo typing this out on a nine key cell phone. God. He's got to hit the well, buttons over and over again. He does it with Star Platinum. Oh, the precision. Well, yeah, it's, it's very precise. Very, <laughs> very precision precise. And speed. It just keeps going. Somebody, somebody in the Speedwagon Foundation has the, the incredible standability to get past uh, uh, character limits in SMS yep. messages. Uh, so, so the long and short of it is, and boy, is it long, uh, <laughs> is that Jotaro knows, he feels in his heart and in his birthmark that Jolene managed to figure out a way to stay alive. Yeah. But she needs to be protected until he can arrive to, to like save the day. Yep. He signs his text message, Jesus Christ, you ancient man. <laughs> he would though. He would. <laughs> If Emporio handed Jotaro his ghost computer, he would not know what the fuck to do. <laughs> I wouldn't either. It's a ghost computer. <laughs> it came from his pants. <laughs> so, so now Emporio, with this information, he's calling the place. He tells Anasui, just, just like, go find wherever Jolene's gotten to. Uh, because Pucci is also going to sense that she's alive and will want to, let's say, change that fact. Yeah. And this is when we cut to Poochie just, like, sprinting through hallways going, like, oh, fuck, I could tell she's still alive. And he's freaking the hell out because he mm-hmm. has no idea how anyone could survive having their insides made outside. <laughs> While Poochie is just, like, doing the 100-meter the breaststroke through the pavement to get to him. Yeah. 
And so it is the 21st of March, 11.44 a.m. at the end of the episode, which was basically in real time. Yeah. That's a 21-minute difference. Close enough. Mm-hmm. And so Anasui uh, uh, just lunges ahead. He is using uh, Diver diver Drive to essentially do, like, breaststrokes through the, <laughs> through the concrete so he can, like, mm-hmm, swim mm-hmm. up the ground super fast. And that brings us to, yes, see, episode 35, Sea Moon 2, which has a full three-minute recap. It's a long recap, yeah. We took about 40 minutes to do it, so yep. um, I, I'm i feeling the heat, honestly. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully ours is more fun. Yeah. Uh, but that goes into the OP, of course. And now Poochie continues running th- inside the visitor center, very frustrated. Mm-hmm. And the visitor center isn't just a big space museum; it is a complex of buildings. So he f- he runs through one building into another courtyard, and behind him, you see the space shuttle Atlantis, which has left its display building and is lying on the roof of the IMAX theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, now in the manga, this is probably meant to be a shuttle that fell there from like a uh, launch prep, mm-hmm. but of course. Uh, the last shuttle launch was nine months before these events. However, history to the rescue, mm-hmm. the space shuttle Atlantis was put in a display building as part of the visitor center mm. in the year 2010. This is the power of fate. Everything oh, is aligned. Shit. Hell yeah. Yes. It all works out. So so he's hyping himself up again and says, uh, quote, Dio and I will succeed. Mm-hmm. Like. This is, I think, the third time in this fight that he's talked like Dio is present with him. Yeah. Like, he, he is a man of faith, and again, that faith is Dioism. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he is... The thing that's really psyching him out is just the the never-dying presence of the Joestar bloodline. He's getting freaked out because it's the thing that stopped Dio, and mm-hmm, it's the thing mm-hmm. he's terrified is going to stop him, too. Uh so yeah, he he comes out of one building, and you just see like a bunch of dead bodies just floating around, caught on railings, snagged on d- different objects. The, this is a, a building with an overhang uh, uh, that is held up by these sort of purple uh, uh, truss structures. Yeah, and you might think, oh, that's an interesting detail, but then then you actually look at what the IMAX uh, uh, theater building looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at Kennedy Space Center Visitor Center, and they just they just photo referenced it. This nice. is very accurate. N- nice, that's great. I was wondering how accurate this was. From here on, the layout is very like mm. they they looked at the site as it is. Uh, that's great. The previous bits that is not how the entrance courtyard looks at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The entrance courtyard as it is now and as it was in 2012 is not how it was in, like, I think we're still in 2002 or maybe 2003 when it was written. Mm -hmm. The whole visitor center was in the midst of a big transformation, multi-stage renovation. So I think Araki just went with, well, here's the sort of things that would be there, and here's what would make the action really clear to follow. Yeah, totally. Uh, but now that we're like in it, in it, it's it's it to oh, a surprising yeah. degree. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like in the scaffolding above Poochie, in you know the the overhang here, just outside the building, there is one guy who's all messed up but still slightly alive, and he just is like groaning in pain, going like, 
hey, priest, can you call 911? I think my hip bone is supremely fucked. <laughs> uh, and you know Pooji doesn't give a shit he doesn't even respond he just keeps going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and walking towards where he believe Jolene has ended up which is the Universal G Cafe yeah yeah G- you might call it down. that uh-huh. or or you might also call it the Orbit Cafe ooh look at that look at that yes that's the exact same awning design hell yeah I'm it is you. that's rad and that building is adjacent to the IMAX theater building. Oh, man, that's great. Okay, yeah, the, the facade here is very similar. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just missing. It's got the little cutout in the corner, but it doesn't have the weird spiral cone in the cutout. This is one of the bigger, uh, for all I know, the biggest like uh, uh, cafe, like restaurant available to guests at the visitor center. Mm. Uh, you, you can get yourself a, a Cuban sandwich with fries for $8.79. That's probably what I'd order okay. looking at this menu All myself. Right. All right. Uh, so, so yes, Poochie believes she is inside this restaurant, not just because of his Jojo dar, but because <laughs> like one of her pants bangles is, it has been torn off and is hanging on a shard of glass in a broken window here. Yeah. But he's not so focused that that he's unaware of what's around him. Like, for instance, Anasui perched like a fucking gargoyle right behind yes. him. Yes, on one of the, the little, like, pillars. Uh, and Poochie, looking at Anasui, just says, go away. <laughs> I don't view you as, like, a test to ascension, so I don't give a fuck. Go away. Uh, and so Anasui, like a weirdo, starts crawling down the pillar like an animal. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so uh, uh, Simu just, like, punches him right in the fucking face, turns his brain inside out. But wait a minute. That's not his face. Ah. That's not his face. Diver Down did something akin to the chocolate trick. Yes. To, to turn some dead tourist corpse into the spitting image of honest Clothing and all. Incredible. <laughs> and so this, yes, this... Uh, this fake Anasui's head starts to bulge and like implode and the the real man's head uh, appears like ripping through the, the fake Anasui face and then his head explodes and teeth missiles shoot out of his head, which Simun has to like mock speed punch out of the air before it stabs Bucci in the face with teeth. Which is just the cover the real Anasui needed to get even closer lurking in the low shadows uh, uh, on the other side. Yeah. Um, and so Diver Down, like, tries to punch Anasui in the face to turn his brain inside out through a different method. Or, or Poochie's face, yeah. Poochie's face, yes, yes. But then Poochie dodges by using his own stand to also turn his head inside out. Yes, and it's animated great. It's rad. Like the- Just for those, like, extra three centimeters. Yes, the whole right side of his head just collapses in on itself. It's rad looking. Like, you're each trying to do the same thing. You're each trying to turn this one man's brain inside out. <laughs> just by missing, missing that punch, that total whiff, gives uh, uh, Poochie the chance he needs to just uh, uh, switch gravity up and essentially throw uh, uh, Anasui up into a flagpole far, far away. Yeah. And like we've got in like in slow motion as Anasui is about to be punched by Simun. 
a hand reaches out from behind Poochie and just touches him on the face. Very gently, very, very, uh, not tenderly, but, but certainly softly. Yeah. And this hand has green nail polish and Poochie just slowly turns around like it's a fucking horror movie. Just seeing like, <laughs> you know, the, the alien with his little, his little growth extra tongue mouth, tongue mouth yeah. coming out. <laughs> And he just sees barely, like, because his eyes are focused on the hand touching his face and just, like, blurry in the background. He can just barely see Jolene's, like, shoulder tattoo. And mm-hmm. Poochie just leaps for- backward in fear and, like, screams. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yeah. She will never stop. Yeah. Oh, oh, but but he sees a blood trail leading into the cafe where he expects to find her. And he's like, okay, all right. Straight out my coat. Let's go. Let's go. You want to go? Let's go. All right. Yeah. Uh, and he goes inside and he sees that all of the furniture is on the ceiling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course, I had to try to find some uh, interior shots of the Orbit Cafe mm. that, whose facade was reused. Uh the the ceilings in in uh, the JoJo's version at least twice as tall as the real it's, thing. It's like thirty feet tall ceilings <laughs> in here. Huge. It's ma- yeah, it's it's massive. <laughs> and so yeah, all all these tables and chairs and I think there's a fucking Coke machine up there are yeah. are huddled in a certain zone, a certain zone that the blood trail leads to, and he thinks, ah, uh huh, okay, maybe she's very stupid. Mm-hmm. As he starts to monologue to Jolene, again, about how he's going to kill her, and that's all he needs to do, because seeing her dead is going to demoralize everyone so much that they will be easy pickings. And he, Poochie says here, especially Jotaro, seeing his daughter dance, I think that'll make Jotaro more pissed off, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you do not know how this man operates. Th- you don't this know. dude... <laughs> This dude punched a man three billion times and punched him straight through a, a, a ancient clock tower simply just because he was trolling him a little bit too much. Like, <laughs> killing his daughter would probably just make him punch the whole planet in half. Like, You know, he watched his grandpa die, and then his grandpa's ghost said, hey, keep a clear head, don't get mad. You know what he did? He got super fucking mad. <laughs> and then he killed Dio in the process. So, you know, maybe don't do that. That's what killed Dio. <laughs> and and this is crosscut with some with, with uh some shots of Emporio actually succeeding at fucking sheer cliff face yes! climbing. There's just a bunch of little handholds created from various tiles falling out of the the ground. You know, very very uh shallow handholds, uh-huh. but he's doing it. He's only got one shoe. Yeah. He's doing it. This kid's a trooper. He he's a real hero. Emporio Emporio is the best. Yeah, yeah. P- Pucci's whole thing. Yeah, time to kill Jolene. But he's being extremely cautious about it. He's trying to find any way to kill Jolene while staying far away from where he thinks she is. <laughs> and he finds like piled up in a bunch of debris, like a canister of ethyl alcohol. So he just unscrews. I think it. it's meant to be like along with a first aid kit or something. Yeah, yeah. And so with gravity shifted the way it is currently, he just unscrews the cap and all of the the alcohol here just starts pouring into this big pile of debris where he believes Jolene is. And he leaps up to a different wall, that, shifting gravity again, and he just pulls out a lighter and just lights mm-hmm. the whole trail of alcohol, setting everything in that uh, debris pile on fire. And he's just like, okay, you can't stay in there. Fucking show yourself. 
And that is when she, he gets grabbed from inside the air vent behind him. Yes, just she just gingerly grabs him up by the ankle. And he, again, is terrified in like a horror movie style way. So he wrenches himself away, gets away. And as soon as he does, she's choking him from a different angle entirely. Yes. <laughs> But, but he's got a quick reaction. He uh, is basically like a compass needle for gravity, yeah. except cause and effect is reversed. Like, however he orients his body, that is what points gravity. Yep. So he flips his body around to drop the f- the flaming pile of furniture on uh, uh, Jolene, uh, choking him from quote unquote below. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess it is below again now that gravity's pointing that way, you know? Mm-hmm. This is why we have uh, uh, starboard and port, because left yes. and right are relative, and it's even worse in three dimensions. Oh, yeah. So Sea Moon pops out and and does a double punch on the two arms that, that are choking mm-hmm. Poochie as well, just for good measure, inverting them. But, but, this is Jolene's greatest maneuver yet. Yes, it's rad. <laughs> Because wherever uh, she is punched by Sea Moon, uh, instantly fucking frame perfect strat uh, uh, explodes <laughs> into a figure eight shaped loop of strings, and I immediately called it. But it gets a, an in depth explanation later. Mm. <laughs> she is turning her body parts into Mobius strips so that inversion is meaningless. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And so the way it's visualized, like animated, is really cool because, yeah, it's, you know, just it's a Mobius strip. It's a it's a figure eight style thing twisted on itself. But the string is like traveling along this this infinite path at a really fast rate. So it just looks like she's got a galaxy inside of her almost just like stars whipping by mega fast. It's super cool looking. She actually is doing topology. She did what I would refuse to do. Jolene Cujo is so determined. Yeah. And Poochie sees this and goes, what the fuck? Like, sees that Jolene is still alive and intact, though very, you know, covered in blood just everywhere. Yeah, she's in the worst shape of her life, and that is saying something. Yeah. And so, you know, Stone Free launches herself at at Seamoon. Seamoon's able to block the punch and, like, punch her, stand in the neck, but, like, the instant Jolene's neck should be inverting, just another Mobius strip appears there made out of string. And none of his punches work anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in, in the moment where Poochie figures out what this shape is and, and why it's having this effect, uh, we hit a Stone Ocean title card. Yes. Uh, who else at this point? And so the narrator, of course, describes the, the properties of the Mobius strip. Yep. Uh, so, so we're all caught up. And now Poochie says, quote, the first person to have ever eaten a mushroom has my respect. Oh my God, dude, dude, what are you talking about ever? (laughs) How high are you at all times? (laughs) This, this dude never leaves a galaxy brain state. Like he is always just, Yeah. And so as he does this long monologue about the first man to ever eat a mushroom, he's slowly like (laughs) circling around Jolene and like walking all the way to like the corner of the ceiling and then just walking down a wall. And as he's doing Mm -hmm. this, he's constantly shifting gravity. 
And like, okay, the point of the mushroom thing is like respect for for the innovators and the risk takers and people who are going to just like jump into the unknown without a safety net, you know, because mm-hmm. we only know which uh, uh, mushrooms are good by who lived and which mushrooms are poisonous by who died. Yeah, yeah. And so he he's, you know, just walking around looking for the ideal angle to strike her from. He he goes in for one more like punch rush and it just he lands a bunch of blows all across her head, but she just keeps Mobius stripping her own brain and so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Like her, her his plan is to just go straight for the brain because there's no way she could maintain both a heart Mobius strip and a brain Mobius strip simultaneously to save herself. So like she she's focusing all of her defense on just keeping that brain meat safe. Mm-hmm. While uh, uh, Sea Moon does land a couple smaller blows elsewhere, but she ooh, she keeps that cranium just barely out of reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Poochie is keeping it up. He's walking around the room. He's doing <laughs> okay. You know when Dave is like running on the hamster wheel in the beginning of two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. He's doing that with a restaurant, basically. Yep. Which is, like, yeah, throwing for, like, a three-kilometer radius gravity in loops and loops. Poor Emporio, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing that to get just the right debris in just the right place for the final attack. And that debris and that place is the corpse of a, of a security guard to fly by for him to snatch the gun. And now he can just shoot her. He can just shoot her. Yeah. Because historically, she only has like an eighty percent block rate with bullets. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he he grab. It's really funny how it's he delivers this revelation too. It's like he's just like, yes, the moment I've been waiting for is here. The corpse of a security guard. Pause and his gun. <laughs> Eureka, a gun. <laughs> and so then he just blasts off four shots in a row, rapid fire. And they're about to strike mm-hmm. Jolene, and this is when everything freezes in place. By the way, everybody has uh, uh, gotten here. Emporio and Anasui have caught up. Uh, uh, they're grabbing one another and screaming Jolene's name as the bullets uh, uh, fly. But yes, time stop, time stop sound effect and everything. Yep. The, the cavalry has arrived. Yep. Jotaro's arms just come into frame and just gently like pull Jolene out of the trajectory of these bullets. Time resumes and Poochie just goes, what? As he sees like a big fucking military ass style like harpoon lodged into the side of the <laughs> little uh, counter that Jolene was leaning up against. And just as he's head, his face starts to turn, Star Platinum's fist is already an inch away from him. And he just gets yeah. fucking rocked by by a punch rush. He learns just how many ways a jaw can fracture at, at once. Yeah. Uh, and... When I say everybody's caught up, everybody's caught up. Hermes is there too. Yes. Bragging about how the Speedwagon Foundation can fire uh, their gripple bip harpoon from three kilometers away. Yeah. The whales do not stand a chance. No, no. So, so how the two of them got there together so quickly? That is, of course, a dupe spear. Uh, she she <laughs> duplicated the spear. It got fired here. She unstickered it, and she and Chotaro rode it the whole way Hell in yeah. <laughs> through the gravity zone to the rescue. Hell yeah! And now Jotaro Kujo has been there for his daughter twice in a single year. Yay! Don't strain yourself, buddy. I know <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> 
And so Poochie's all fucked up now. He's been punched through like the 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 metal framing of a a window in this restaurant. He's been punched back outside. His body's like wrapped around this this fucked up metal frame now. Just blood all over him, and he's surrounded by like everybody now. Emporio just like lays all that out. Tells Poochie to accept the facts. He is surrounded. He is beaten. He has no allies left. He will not see that new moon 36 hours and change away. Mm-hmm. But fate <gasps> is Poochie's ally. It actually owns that I got thrown through this window and yes. the aluminum frame is twisted around my fucked up body. Yes. <laughs> it's victory wine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, see, the way the whole new moon thing works is it's not about like the mystic dark light or whatever mm-hmm. it is again a matter of gravity the new the the moon's gravity affects the earth and that changes through the phases and oh. the effect that the new moon has on the surface of the earth of cape canaveral in 36 hours is matched nope. by the almost new moon somewhere in the atmosphere above cape canaveral right now yes not true so if I use my stance ability to affect the gravity of Doesn't this exist. window frame that I'm inside, I can use it to fly. Plausible, yes, he just starts actually. floating while wrapped in this fucking frame. <laughs> and so what Poochie's basically doing is just thinking, mm, this exact gravitational force is what will trigger my stand evolution. So I just need to essentially go to the gravity dial and just turn it left and right and look at the audiences until they nod their head enough. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if I just float around, eventually I'm gonna just go ding, 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 and find and just slot right into the exact precise place I need to be. And that is when Jodoro tells Ermis to just take the gun and shoot him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So so she does. Four shots came to Jolene. Four shots go toward Poochie's face. And uh, Jodoro once again stops time right as C-Moon is moving in place to, to punch the bullets away. And he's like, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. So you're going to block all those bullets coming at you from that angle. You won't see this harpoon I'm throwing at you coming from the other side. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just going to telefrag Poochie when time yes. starts again. That's the plan. Oh, and right before Jotaro stops stops time, he's holding Jolene's hand and just tells her, you've grown so much. And there's just, like, a very brief, like, tender moment between the two. Before, yeah, mm-hmm, he just, mm-hmm. Ermis fires the gun and he grabs, <laughs> grabs his harpoon and just gets ready to, like, shot put a harpoon through this priest's skull. <laughs> And that's how you take care of the problems uh, uh, in the church, you know? Uh, yep. If the Pope would just allow us to put harpoons <laughs> through the skulls, not every priest, just the ones that are trying to exterminate humanity or whatever yeah, yeah. whatever heaven means, if you ask Dio. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm about to find out, I guess. Uh, and so, yeah, Jotaro hurls this harpoon, which, of course, time has stopped. So very quickly after he throws the harpoon, it also freezes in place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Jatara's just like, okay, there's two seconds left. Once once these two seconds are up, this harpoon is going to fly straight through your fucking brain. And Raisi He's says that. He's been practicing. Yeah. He did not have this much time in Diamond is Unbreakable. Like, he, yeah. he's been going to work in the last 10 years. Well, I, if the, he, he never really trained up on the time-stopping stuff after Star's Crusaders. And, it you know, he could do it for, like, a second or whatever and Diamond is unbreakable, and that really sucked for him when he was getting melted by a rat. He's probably like, you know what? I probably have to keep this muscle trained up. 
Because <laughs> at any point, a rodent could melt my face. A two-second time stop head start is pretty good when you're running away from the ghost of Polnareff living inside a turtle. A five-second <laughs> head start, though. Yeah, yeah. Right as Jotaro says, you know, like, hey, there's two seconds left. You're about to die. He sees that Poochie's eyes actually move and look straight mm-hmm. at him and the harpoon, which freaks Jotaro out. And, like, the total inversion, right, of the final fight of Stardust Crusaders. That, like, yeah. Jotaro is playing a Dio trick, mm-hmm. and he's getting freaked out by a Jotaro trick. Yes, yes. It's, ah, but but that glance within stop time was not a trick. It was real. It was at least real enough for uh, uh, Poochie to wrench his head just enough in the final millisecond before impact that it merely tears half his face off but <laughs> does not kill him. Yes. Poochie got himself the biggest gauge I've ever seen oh, in someone's God. ear. Oh, man. But the, the force of this harpoon scraping across the side of his face and just fucking him up uh sends him careening in a different direction into the air which causes him to fly and land up against the side of the space shuttle which is also lifting up into the air due to Uh gravity now so yeah he is using the space shuttle as the frame which allows him to fly uh in in style for sure oh yeah (laughs) in order to seek the the magic airborne gravity spot, mm-hmm. uh, as foretold in prophecy, and and this bit this bit is done with like all of the weight and 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 portents and like these shining rays of light from the sun, uh, pierced and and uh, eclipsed by the the black shape of the underside as of of the space shuttle. It's good. It's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. As light beams shoot from the mouth of Father Pucci, and then yes. the eyes, and then his entire body is engorged in radiance. The radiant light shooting out of him is so bright that everything else is like darkening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like it's he is the main light source in in this area now. It, like he's brighter the than the planet sun. Earth. Yes. Yeah, he's brighter than the damn sun. And that is the end of the episode. It's very much like cars powering up, <laughs> except it looks cooler. <laughs> it looks cooler. Yeah. Uh, so that is that is it. That is the penultimate uh, set of three episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that is left is everything. <laughs> yep. D- do I see Saint Peter? Because we have found the gates of heaven. They're here. <laughs> They're. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Oh boy! What I enjoy, what I really, really enjoy about this set, and I guess Sea Moon in particular, yeah, is that the way they talk about gravity is actually the clearest and most direct explanation for how JoJo's talks about fate yeah, in yeah. the entire nearly 200 episodes. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it is an inescapable aspect of the structure of the universe that binds, that shapes, that directs everything. And uh, to, to control it is uh, the greatest power of all, but it is still always in control. You, you are mm-hmm. merely, you merely have the power to, to uh, see what is coming and, and try to make your life fit it. Yeah. That's how gravity works. That's fate. That's JoJo's. That's Sea Moon. That's what I like. Yep. Also, just like the Sea Moon fight is good. I like the Sea mm-hmm, Moon mm-hmm. fight a lot. I love the the climax, like how, 
like like having a a kind of long long form mystery you know for like an episode and a half of how the fuck does jolene survive her body turning inside out and the answer yes. being a fucking mobius strip body uh-huh. that's a cool ass reveal the way that the fight moves from place to place style of fight to style of fight yeah. right we've got a great big actual fisticuffs fight and then uh uh your suspense and puzzle just trying to flush one another out bit and then everybody teaming it up against what reveals itself to be an unstoppable power yeah. those are three very good three different styles of jojo fight that are all executed really well yeah the way it puts jolene over as like the the scariest thing is a wounded animal right like yeah she, she's on the brink of death but she is still a fucking slasher villain yeah at the, the same time like i think out of every out of everything up to part six i think like Jolie, I already really liked Jolene when I read part six, but the, the anime makes me like her even more just because like out of every single Jojo, she is just the coolest one. She <laughs> go- does cool shit all the time. And the way she's just framed and even the villains straight up just telling other villains like, hey, this chick doesn't stop. Like you're fucked. <laughs> I knew from the get go that you were fucked and you're simply just wasting her time. So that I can do what I want to do. Because I know if you don't waste your time and keep her occupied, I'm also fucked. <laughs> like, and, and I'm going to repeat myself. What really makes it, what, what really makes her work as a person uh, beyond just being the force of nature that yeah. is Jolene Cujo is the, the little moment of vulnerability. Is like the chance that she could, she could decide like, I've done enough. I've done my part. Let the experts handle this. I've done so much. Yeah. But you know she can't. You know that as soon as anybody looks to her for what to do, she's going to do the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, out of all the JoJo's, she's the one that feels like there there is a very noticeable progression in how battle-hardened she is. Like, all the other JoJo's do cool shit from the start, and so does she. But mm-hmm. they all feel like, okay, even Josuke feels like... Okay, he's been in a stand fight before, maybe. And, yeah, and yeah. Jolene feels like she's just learning on the fly. And then by by the point you get to and then come out of like the Battle Royale segment, it's just like she's a fucking expert at this shit now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the Jolene fighting now is different from the Jolene fighting early out, er, earlier on in the series. And it's it's a cool progression to, to see happen. To, to go back to something I said, I think in... Uh, that that episode or maybe the the week after that the thing about jolene is she just gets more jolene like (laughs) the in in the first third up until she gets uh the star platinum disc i could easily see her being like you know what uh dad's awake this is his fight he he got dio he can get this guy Mm -hmm. i'm i'm hitting the hot tag he he is the the (laughs) legal partner in this fight now uh, I gotta go find another boy to smooch, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the, the further she goes along this path, the more it is her path. And that's that's great. That's uh, It's a fun sort of development for an iconic character. Yeah. Just one of the best JoJo's. Well, she, she's just so cool. So, uh... Well, you know these two things about me that are <laughs> relevant to the thing I'm about to say. Yeah. Uh... Huge, huge sucker for space. Yes. Also, wife having a work trip to Central Florida in the summer. Mm, mm-hmm. 
it is likely, it is likely that this is the year I finally do go to Kennedy Space Center. Oh, hell yeah. I want to go to Kennedy Space Center. But now, but now I just know I'm going to be looking around being like, that's where Poochie got punched in the face. (laughs) Yeah. That's where Poochie almost got punched in the face. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. It it just reminds me of like a decade ago or so was the first time I ever went to Manhattan or more than a decade mm-hmm. ago. And I went past the place where you have the final boss fight in Metal Gear Solid 2. And, you know, the statue that yeah. Solidus Snake yeah. dies on, I was just like, that's all I could think about. I was just yeah. like, okay, this is a cool <laughs> landmark. But also, right behind that statue, that's where Solidus Snake's corpse is. That's, that's, <laughs> there is a sword fight on top of that building. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a totally different thing to like seeing a place you're familiar with represented in media. Like, mm-hmm. say, relevant to, to our listeners, perhaps, the, the Watch Dogs LP. Yeah. In, in that order, it's a totally different feeling to, to it being the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I really want to go to the, the Kennedy Space Center, too. I, mm-hmm. Space is cool. You, you get a Cuban sandwich and fries for under $9. What, what's not to love? That's not bad. That's not bad for, for a, a tourist place. Yeah, that's really not that. Honestly, that's a pretty normal sandwich price, I think. <laughs> like, I don't know how good it's going to be. Mm, that's the question. That's, I'll find no. out. I'll find out and I will tell you. I promise. Okay. My pledge. Yes. Hand over heart. I I swear <laughs> upon manga and theory of practice. <laughs> I will, if I go, I will get the Cuban sandwich. Yeah. From, from Orbit Cafe. <laughs> And I will look up at the ceilings and think, I expected this to be way taller in here. <laughs> yeah. Colors are all wrong, too. Where's all the extra room, the monologuing space for, for a, <laughs> a priest to talk about the first man to ever eat a mushroom? Come on. Also, like, it's been done several times in various JoJo parts after part three by this point. But mm-hmm. uh, I personally still get a deep satisfaction anytime a later part has Jotaro come in to do a punch and his theme for kicking ass from part three plays again. Yes, that all, yes, Like yes, that yes. happened this episode when when he rocked uh, Poochie's face in. And mm-hmm, every time it happens, mm-hmm. I'm just like, yes, I like this a lot. <laughs> I love musical callbacks like this. They get through, I think, loops of the, uh, Jotaro's theme, honestly. It, it yeah. plays for so long in that scene. Yep, yep. This is just a fun one. This this is just... Yeah. I mean, things don't go well for our heroes, but it's still just really fun and exi- exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And because I have faith in how things are going to go, like, I things are going to get worse before they get better, I know, but yeah. they're going to get really good. And I have been enjoying enough of this that I'm expecting to have that payoff come in a really, really satisfying way that I enjoy a lot. I, my hopes are up. My hopes are up. Is yeah. that a mistake? I'll find out in a week. Yeah. Ch- check in later, folks. Uh, but, <laughs> but right now, I, I, I'm very optimistic. Hopes mm. are high. Yeah. I'm excited for the final three. I'm excited to, to about all the things we're going to be talking about those final three and, and, you know, just the ending of Stone Ocean as a whole. I'm sad we're running out of anime again. <laughs> I I would say it's I need the a second time it's happened to us. I know. <laughs> I would say I I need a part seven anime right now, but I actually still need to read it first, which is something I'm going to be starting like probably later today. Because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I I'm not over JoJo yet. I still need more of it. It's it's a thirty year long thing, and somehow I'm not tired of it. That that's also something I've heard you say about me. So. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I really enjoyed playing uh, uh, some versus JoJo with you yesterday. Yes, at the arcade. yes, that kicked uh, ass. Yesterday, at time of recording, we we uh, met up at Galloping Ghost Arcade, the the largest arcade, at least by uh, a cabinet count, because mm-hmm. uh, boy is it cramped in there. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and warm. <laughs> uh, and and we did play JoJo's Venture. And uh, uh, when the matchup was you as Jotaro and me as Iggy, I got wrecked. <laughs> but then I went on, what is it, a four or five win streak when yes. I found Shadow Dio? <laughs> yes, the, the Dio in silhouette from the start of Stardust Crusaders, who is a secret character who's like, yes, character portrait is off to the side of the menu and you can't even, it's invisible. Uh, yeah, he's uh, really f- fucking hard to fight against as a person who only kind of knows how to play Jotaro. <laughs> that was fun. That was really fun. And then I, I finally scored a couple wins against you playing as Shadow Dio when I discovered the other secret character, which is young Joseph in old Joseph's clothes. Yes. Where, because he, he has no stand, the button that makes your stand come out is instead his clacker balls, which are really fun and strong to use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, even just the the couple of matches we did, there was so there was so much wonderful attention to detail to yeah, the characters, yeah, yeah, yeah. both in how they fight and the little references and stuff they did. Also, pl- uh, I played as Midler. That you know, this is the game that gave her an actual character design, and oh man, she's fun. Mm-hmm. The the move where you have the the car shoot out of the ground is like an anti air. <laughs> move yeah yeah that took me a minute uh yeah yeah yeah, i remember that car (laughs) you you do the car and then you do two medium hits to follow up with the big scissors and they link pretty well yeah oh Uh, that's a fun game i gotta play more of that it's a lot of fun i i'm relatedly uh i had a pretty good I think I got through the first five fights of one of the dark stalkers as the uh, as the bee lady and I felt I felt pretty okay about that. Oh yeah. I did yeah, not, I did not yeah. play any dark stalkers this time. I saw them didn't get around to playing them that time. We we played a bit too much um what was the caveman game where you were the dinosaurs collecting eggs? What was that uh, thing called? Torg Trog 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 the the one-eyed caveman Trog played more than that you never than I played th- too much Trog. <laughs> we played more Trog than I thought I would ever play in my life. I think we played more Trog than people have in a month on that machine. Yeah, you know, I ki- I I kind of liked Trog. It was it was a fun time for the length we played it for. Uh but speaking again of the future rather mm. than the past. Next week we are going to come at you with the final 3 episodes oh, of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. The final 3 episodes uh, uh, produced or even at this precise point in time announced of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yep. Made in Heaven 1, Made in Heaven 2, and What a Wonderful World. <laughs> yep. And then the week after that, of course, our big End of Stone Ocean roundup, which will come out on the 20th of March, one day before these very events. Oh my god. These very events' 11th anniversary, at god. least. <laughs> You know what? I'm just going to say that this was on purpose. That mm-hmm, That's fate. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody who was like, no, just keep going to Stone Ocean. If there's a break in the middle, don't worry about it. It's fine. You're wrong. You're demonstrably wrong. <laughs> we waited for the opportune moment and fate yes, came to this us. This is fate. This is fate. <laughs> this is gravity. <laughs> do you believe in gravity? I do. <laughs> oh, I love Poochie. 
I love his shit. I love the shit he is on. He's constantly on it too. That's the thing. He yeah. He once he got on it, he never got off of it. He's he's either totally on his shit or about to puke mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Uh, his stand is molting inside him. <laughs> As promised, next week, the final three episodes Mm -hmm. to be continued. See you later, folks.